and I said to Esther, you know, let, let's catch up for a, a, a cuppa. She was quite adamant that I come to her room, you know, have this uh, grounding body session with her and pay for the session as well. I remember thinking like, gosh, all she wants to do is just get another client. <laughs> Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on A Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. Everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Stephen and Esther, who are high-end intimacy mentors. And we are definitely, definitely excited to have you guys on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us all the way from Australia. Thanks. Yes, yes. All the way from the land down under, right? <laughs> it's uh, four o'clock over here. It's nine. Was it nine over there? Yeah, about 9.30 in the morning, just after. All right. Great. Well, we want to know a lot more about what you guys do as far as being intimacy mentors. Before we get into that, why don't we start with us getting to know you a little bit? How old are you guys? How long have you been together? And what do you do for a living? Well, uh, I'm 39, uh, turning 40 this year, and uh, I met Esther about uh, three and a half years ago, around about. And uh, yeah, she uh, she heard a little bit of my poetry that I had recorded on my phone and sent through to a mutual friend, and the mutual friend sent that uh, poetry on to Esther, and um, well, I'll let her I'll let her explain what her reaction was, but it piqued her interest. And um, yeah, we started talking and we eventually caught up for a, a body session, a bodywork session at Esther's place. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I had this profound experience of being brought deeply into my body in a way that I hadn't in my life before. And um, it just started, it just started from there with regard to um, wanting to know more, wanting to know more about being in my body. Yeah, uh, I'm 50 and I was working as a body worker um, but have been for a very long time. I've been doing this work alone probably for about 20 years in terms of being in the body and in terms of going deep within, like really going within the physical structure of the body in a way that I don't see many people do. So originally it started with me being able to massage and be able to feel into other people's bodies accurately 
But um, my main thing was when um, I had a tantric experience as well, which affirmed everything I had ever experienced, um, which led me to, without people knowing it, (laughs) okay, Um, and it sounds a little bit strange, to begin lovemaking with the bodies that were in front of me as I was touching them. But it was a very, um, yeah, a very, when I say that, it means that the inner male and inner female come together while I'm touching the person. And when Steve, and I heard his poetry, and um, at the time I knew energetic lovemaking, I didn't know, I hadn't, Apart from the tantric master, and that had been quite a short time, I hadn't experienced the physical, energetic um, together and I kind of didn't believe that that would happen. So I had resigned myself to staying within understanding the energetic lovemaking side of things without a man really because I, I didn't really think many men were going to know the sort of things that I had experienced and when I took Steve into the body that day um, we sat on the couch probably for about 45 minutes and we were just looking at each other and because something had moved so deeply inside of him and we were just sitting with each other and um, I could feel that he was um, penetrating me with his energy both in a genital way but not we're fully clothed. I can feel it though because that's how I feel men's energy and through my heart as well. And he wasn't aware of it but he knew something very deep was happening. And, yeah, that kind of started, you know. I used to also shake a lot around Steve so a lot of release would come. You know, there was an energetic magnetism. So that was at your first meeting. Yeah. Wow. And did you guys meet because uh, that was the plan or was it a date? Yeah, I love this part mm-hmm. because uh, when we when we reached out online to start a conversation, um, I said to I said to Esther, you know, for me a pretty standard first catch up was uh, going and grabbing a. A, a drink or a, a coffee or a, or a tea, and uh, and that was what I wanted to do. And I said to Esther, you know, let, let's catch up for a, a, a cuppa and uh, you know get to know each other. For some reason, she was quite adamant that I come to her practice or her her room, have a you know have this uh, grounding body session with her, and um, you know pay pay for the session as well. And um, I remember thinking like, gosh, like what a stitch up. All she wants to do is just get another client. <laughs> and, uh, and but I worked out afterwards that it was because the, the session allowed my presence to come into my body as opposed to just stay as more of a sort of a mental sense of self, which is what I would have interacted with, with her out at a cafe or something in the world. Um, I think her intention, which I think was a clever one, was to kind of even the playing field with regards to she's a, a body creature and it allowed her to interact with me in, in my body, which was profound. Yeah, that's exactly. What was your intention, Esther? 
Yeah, that was my intention because I was mostly speaking when I was speaking to a lot of um, people, I was finding that unless they really could feel themselves in their body, it's not it's not very fulfilling. There's, a, there's actually the degree to which we can be interacting with our essence is incredible and the level and I'm talking about fully clothed like the the massage session that I did on Steve was a completely normal massage um, but because I'm aware of the essence and that's where I operate from and I operate from that right through life yeah you know you ha there has to be ways to bring to ground people into the body and at the time as I was saying I was really really almost I was very, I'm going to say starving because I see this in a lot of women actually, for a partner to meet me on that level. So any aspect where it seemed like the man was conscious, I was there. <laughs> That's what I, you know, oh, poetry, what's he saying, you know? <laughs> like I was really, I was, um, I noticed that unless a woman is deeply, deeply embedded in her body and I actually wasn't as embedded in my body as what I thought, and that's because I hadn't experienced the physical merging with the energetic to the degree that I have with Steve um, now. I think women can still be um, can still be uh, tricked a little bit within themselves of what is a conscious man, of who will go deep with them, of that kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's probably even more complicated today with online dating and dating apps because the, you don't get that physical energy just being close to someone to be able to pick up on their essence. You have to try to interpret it off of a, an advertisement on a screen. Exactly. And also the, the, the inundation of how many, you know, the multitude of people that you have to choose from, it's, it's virtually impossible. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if you've got a real sense of your inner male really, like, deeply, which is where particularly I work with women in the couples that we work with, like, I'm talking about where you can feel the masculine presence almost, almost physically inside of you. Um, so it's on the precipice of coming into the world but being in the spiritual dimension. And I'm talking about where your um, genitals are filled with a, a loving penis, <laughs> if I may say that, um, mm -hmm. to the nth degree where it's on the absolute edge of the spiritual and the material so you're already filled up by god by spirit by the you're filled up already how how soon did you know that this was your person <laughs> i didn't <laughs> we actually had we had a few we had a few um serious separations um and because i am in comparison to a lot of women very aware of the masculine inner male inside of me it kind of 
gets me to be quite resolute with what I what I was willing to accept and not accept. So I walked away probably three times um, because Steve was way more at a conventional sexual level than I was prepared to participate in. How about for you, Steve? Yeah, it was, you know, we, we talk about in our work about activations and initiations. And this, we discovered a way in our lovemaking to have the essences really touch and connect deeply and interact. And there's a, there's a, um, a revealing of our conditioned state. Um, I'll speak for my experience. There's been uh, the, my, my conditioning that's come up. And when there's a devotion to the truth because of how, how deeply uh, this lovemaking and connection touches people, there's a revelation of truth in that that comes through that inspires a truth commitment within the relationship. And those, those two kind of forces are like strong magnets and they squeeze the stuff that's false and not real really tightly. And... Um, it's either you choose you choose the uh, the false patterning or you choose the truth, and um, oftentimes that false patterning, unconscious, hidden, um, to to it's um, it can be quite challenging. It is quite challenging. So I think for me, I realised that that Esther was my person when we went through those trials and tribulations and I realized that the hardship that we were experiencing beforehand was um, in whilst like very emotionally uncomfortable was actually in high integrity being shepherded by the truth uh, as, as, a, as a, a purification initiation if you like and when I saw that that was occurring I thought, man, this is like, this is what I've wanted in a relationship is to not be allowed to just kind of whisper long on, on falseness and unspoken things and have the relationship just kind of get, get stagnant. So, um, yeah, that's, that's when I thought this is, a, uh, this is a, a relationship with the capacity to be ever deepening. How long did it take to go through that that process? Yeah, um, yeah, because we have only just been making love at a very deep level for about um, it would be a year now. It'd be a year, so it was the two and a half years. And what actually happened is, after a very long separation, Steve came back um, with greater sensitivity than I'd ever seen in his body and an awareness of like energetically meeting um, at a deeper level. It's almost as though it's quite an interesting path because as you would know, people don't refine their frequencies at the same time and the lovemaking is so deep that I think it changes our energetic composition but if i'm already at a if i'm already quite fine 
then it's going to refine me even more and it's going to refine Steve, but we may not be at the same level. And so it can be quite a frustrating process. And this is something that um, couples have to be aware of with this work is because, um, and often the woman's already in her body, so she's she is able to go to very deep levels and that really doesn't change. It sort of keeps happening, whereas when I met Steve, he was a little bit coarser and Ian Hill said himself, so there had to be such a, a polishing to change, to bring us to a calibration where we could meet each other in the deeper realms. Would you say age has something to do with reaching this level? I, I've wondered that. I've wondered and, that. And, you know, I'm 56 and going through menopause was quite an incredible awakening and mm. helped us get to those levels. And we, we call it like forging, like a purification process, like anything that's in there, that's an old wound or not a truth or something is coming up. It's, it's coming up. And it's, I, I don't even think I could have thought like that when I was 30. And, you know, you've transformed You're you just turned 50. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a while, he had no idea what I was talking about, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, there's this domestication that occurs, you know, where you are taught that this is how it is or what it is to be a man in this world. And, you know, that the, the reworking of that, right, redefining and reprogramming of that is a, you know, is kind of a, a reawakening as well. And that's necessary for men to do in order to get to those those deeper levels of connection and you know we i mean we are celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary and this valentine's day and you know we're still just kind of scratching the surface when it comes to that deep connection yeah and you could say we did it very quickly that's what would have almost said that we were the right people for each other because we did it so fast how quickly mm -hmm. we got to still point lovemaking we um yeah steve has been able to lie inside of me and be completely still for a very long time and that means that the love makes the love not the not the people anymore and um i think yeah i mean Honestly, that's amazing, the depth that we got to. And so quickly, um, it's been a lot more challenging this year as well because my nine-year-old returned from Norway um, <laughs> after not being with me for two and a half years. Mm. So it <laughs> just threw everything into the mix. Steve also had to become a step-parent. And we're doing this still point lovemaking because if we don't go deep, we can't take our clients deep. Um, so can, can you tell us, uh, you know, how that journey came about, like coming together as a couple and then, you know, getting to the point of creating and, still lovemaking. And making. the individual work that you had to do. Right. I had, I'd had um, a fairly conventional uh experience and repertoire with sex and intimacy is is a is a big part of our of our relationship and 
when Esther and I came together, I think we brought what we thought we knew were these conditioned notions of success. And we quickly learned and with Esther having this be more around her life purpose. And so she had more of this um, connecting with the essence in lovemaking as woven into her into her life. And it was something that I kind of knew that I was having a surface experience with it, but uh, I didn't know what else was available. And I thought I just need to be, I just needed to become better technically in order to reach the deep fulfillment that I knew was, was there somewhere underneath. And so I had a, an openness and a willingness to, to know what I didn't know. And, um, yeah, when Esther and I first connected after that first meeting in the body session and we sat on the couch uh, uh, across from each other, uh, I think that really set the tone and we really had a, an energetic connection that we wanted to, to preciously hold and honour throughout the rest of our journey. Um, it was a revelation that something existed between us, tangibly felt, but not physical, and we wanted to we wanted to hone that, yeah, just honor it, I guess, and and deep deep dive into it. You asked individually as well. So when I had the tantric experience, and I literally felt the seed of the inner male and inner female in my in myself in my cervix, and I knew that I never wanted to let that go. So I stayed with that pulse and I can go there now as we're talking so that I bring it, I can transmit it in each moment no matter what. And I realised that I was not going to be able to create a life around the tantric master, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like as in to be able to make him my man or anything like that. So I went out and... I. I thought to myself, okay, well, how hard can this be? I'll keep holding on to this thing. I now know, I know the truth of making love. Um, I'll help, you know, the men that I get with, you know, I'm gonna, I'll just, I'll just hold this and and create my life around this, this pulse. Yeah, it, it didn't quite, it worked, it was quite a lot of, it was quite a lot of work. I was in different relationships before Steve and I stayed true to that pulse, but it seemed to drive men crazy, literally to change their sexual way of being, like literally, because I knew men didn't have to ejaculate <laughs> and I knew I didn't have to ejaculate. I knew that I didn't need to even make myself, I didn't even have to touch myself anymore. And I knew that you didn't even have to move a lot, nor did you need to perform. So <laughs> there were all these places where I was called into authenticity in my own sexual journey around, um, around this. And um, Steve was the closest, at, like, as that I could see that we were actually making, we were actually touching it a lot more frequently um and with what he was saying on the couch 
is almost once you touch that spot, even so you've, you've met the truth in your couple, you've met the spiritual truth, now you've kind of got to clean out all the clutter that's stopping this truth from shining through every moment. Can you talk about what is the clutter? Um, it's distraction. It's not, it's not seeing your partner as your equal because pe men and women who are having conventional sex are coming from a, a dominant kind of paradigm, the one where the man goes in and he's hard. When you do still point lovemaking, you realise that the genitals actually equal each other. They, they sit together. They don't do anything. Something moves through them much greater and there's your equality and and the the inner male and the inner female transmit to one another of the highest frequency so um the other things that get, and 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 to not put that as a priority so the things that get in the way women are way too busy um trying to do too many things in the world and not getting enough of that rest back in their body because in that place is where she can literally, um, he can literally help her to reabsorb her energy back into her spirit where it can, where it's basically like putting on a new, a whole new essence, a fresh essence and she can come out. She basically doesn't exist for a while. The physical woman gets a total break. Yeah, is it I'd love different for men? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I was, I was, um, I'd love to uh, make some commentary on that one too. Um, you know, for me, what I discovered is when the when the conditioning is dropped and the essences connect really deeply, and it's a profound experience for me as a man. I started to become aware of how I was treating my in, internal feminine. I guess you could say. And for me to be out in the world, to hold a nine to five job that's not my, my passion or um, to have, I don't know, interactions that are, are not lighting my soul up, things like that. There's a certain level of suppression that I realized that I do inside that when I began um, dropping my, dropping the clutter in order to connect at an essence level, it made me aware of where I had automated a dishonoring of my internal feminine in order to get by in the world and in order to uh, forego or uh, like bypass my integrity and my authenticity in a lot of instances. So to clear out the clutter means, holy crap, like we've just knelt, knelt down at the altar of lovemaking through conditionless kind of presence and essence and that sends shock waves through back through the fabricated ways and, and and strategically adapted ways of behaving and being that are propping up a personality and, and an ego uh and um when when that starts tumbling down um, that's where that's that's clearing out the clutter. Yeah. When, when you go say uh, 
the words masculine and feminine, can you describe a little bit about what you're talking about? Yeah. I just wanted to say one thing, just listening to Steve say that brought tears to my eyes Mm -hmm. because um, I noticed that when a man speaks truth and when he speaks truth about love and he speaks truth about how that love exists and, and, and what it takes in the world and he, and he explains it so profoundly and so deeply, it can just affect a woman's system because her purpose and her passion is here to be loved, to have physical lovemaking, to experience the divine through her body. And it, t- it touches her on a very, very deep core level. Um, yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a, an incredible experience. That's why we use the word synergy when it comes to the work that we do, because synergy is the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? right. That's two people yeah. coming together. It's the closest human being that we can, we can get close to and spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, right? And that's, that's the potential, you know, that sexual energy and spiritual energy come from the same place. Exactly. Exactly. You think about, you know, Adam and Eve and Eve literally is part of Adam. And it's a man seeking to love something that is like you you were just saying, you know, of feminine experiences to be loved. And Adam needed someone to love and it ends up being in essence himself. Yeah. And the two become one. And yeah. And yeah, and we actually discovered that you can go to the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. through lovemaking, and you obviously know, mm-hmm. I can tell. So, and, and, but it's interesting. There are many things that will keep you out or will get you thrown out. The whole world. <laughs> For sure, right. And, you know, you don't have to look far to find distraction in our world. <laughs> You know, and many people are just lost in that distraction and they they lose that potential and the opportunity to be able to connect at that level. And they, a lot of people don't even think it's possible. That's already one. Mm-hmm. That's right. So can you guys tell us a little bit about still, is still point lovemaking? Is that can you guys tell us a little bit about that and, and kind of how it developed? It came about from me holding that seed that pulse and having to be really honest with what wasn't it and that included um you'd feel yeah like that meant that we would oh basically we just join our bodies there's no there's no foreplay there's nothing like that um we place oil on our genitals and steve goes inside of me regardless of what state his penis is in. And um, I will um, will both then use all our concerted effort to bring every bit of our consciousness down into our genitals and stay there. And um, 
what what is there is incredible. How we actually got there though was me continually finding ways to say from the conventional for looking exactly from the conventional which it was very conventional for a bit there so we, we energetically we joined and i found when we got together i could maintain the energetic spiritual frequency to a point and then too much excitement would come into my body and i would um propel myself into the wave of conventional sex again or i would or i would halfway through give up like oh what's the point um, this is this is there's a no return thing now and I can't seem to turn it around. I'll just go with it and 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 focus on orgasm as well. And then I would leave that circumstance and I would be bored, devastated, crying inside of myself, high, um, highly stimulated, that kind of thing. So I kept having to find ways to say, Either it would be in the moment. Look, it was it was really clumsy at times. It was angry. It was upset. It was, I'm not doing this anymore. It was, no way, you know, were you masturbating? I'm not interested. I'm leaving. And I literally, I'm telling you, it was, there were clumsy moments all the time and there were, there were elegant moments where we would touch the spirit and we would know together. And um, I think, honestly, from where couples are, today um there will be that fallout there will be moments of where they go oh my god this is it and 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 that kind of thing and that's why i think our story is so important is because couples aren't in a place like we are most people are having conventional sex a lot of people have got those imprints in them from very young um but i i was really really resolute with steve as well and it got to the and and now with the love making if any bit of sexuality comes in and don't get me wrong i'm not for i don't it's when my system because i basically listen to my system more than my personality my personality would love to make the man that i'm with happy by being sexual and doing the things but my system says <laughs> and and, uh, and, you know, and that could be, you can feel it in, in, in the touch. So you have to find a way to say, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not love. That's, that's urgency. That's excitement. That's wanting to go somewhere. Yeah, that's dominance. Uh-uh. <laughs> Get your hand off my head like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. It sounds very much like... Um... <laughs> A few different analogies, but it sounds like prayer. I was I was thinking Vipassana meditation, yeah. actually, yeah. And well, meditation is a form yeah. of prayer. Yeah. And we have, you know, I always say profound or profaned. We have so much profanity about our that part of our body, that specific part that was it is potentially capable of this great source of entering the garden of eden and yet we're in our heads all the time and we can't get out of our heads and what we learn about sexuality what we learn about our genitals what we learn about all that stuff is very profaned and not profound and it's it it's a, there's a, a sadness to me of that darkness in the world and it is very difficult to try to 
to teach a guy. <laughs> well, especially, you know, a guy that has been, uh, you know, shown, you know, the, the path that is just all about sexuality, you know, about dominance, about power control. And, you know, it's, it's not about that, um, innocence, right. And, you know, when you, when you guys were explaining, um, you know, the, the, the process, I, I was thinking of, uh, Vipassana meditation, right. And Jane and I are, you know, practitioners of Vipassana meditation. Vipassana is, you know, the meditation that Buddha taught. And that is that, you know, you are to remain completely still. And it's in that stillness that you start to observe the changes that are happening within your body, both good and bad, right? And not placing judgment on it, but really just experiencing what it is to be alive, right? And the, the change that occurs. And so I, I'm just kind of thinking that that is, you know, that an expression, you know, using your genitals and, and finding that connection in, in, in the stillness. Is that is that a good representation of that? Yes, it is. Yeah. It yeah. is. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, your listeners, I think I can make this assessment. Your listeners are going to notice a definite shift in tone now. Um, so we have now dropped, we're dropping down into the body and there's kind of this, uh, like it's more in the heart, it's more in the stomach. And I, we haven't we haven't thought about or heard a analogy of something like Vipassana, but it's absolutely appropriate. We say this is like a joint meditation hmm. and we connect the genitals in and the mind is used. Uh, it, it, it serves the body because the mind is used as a focusing down on a single point. So it's like a single point meditation, which is like a mantra, repeating a mantra or focusing on the breath. The monkey mind, um, I was going to say loves a single point meditation, but it actually did eventually disables a busy mind. And so we utilize that. And when the thoughts go away, we bring it back to a single pinpoint in the, in the genitals. And what we discovered is that when the light of consciousness, like a beam, stays fixed and focused in one position anywhere in the body, but in this case in the genitals, it has a purifying effect. Consciousness without um, personality coming in has a purifying effect and it began to de-armor my genitals. And um, it, it's incredible. Nature knows, the body knows, how to restore itself and um, the still point lovemaking we found and the reason that we really advocate for it so much is a powerful direct way to um, suspend or or go outside of the personality and uh, have a deep connection with self um, and to do that with another person, we found that uh, the level of connection available there to us turned it in. Uh, we 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 discovered what sacred lovemaking was. Yeah. Yeah, I love um, what you said, Jean, as well. I mean, I can just hear 
the level with which you're living at. And it's really beautiful to be able to have this conversation with you, both of you. Um, there was a couple of things. I did do Zen Buddhist meditation for a little while and everybody was on the cushion, right? And I was doing um, these retreats with people. And look, I noticed a lot of people's minds were very, very busy. And a lot of men and women were thinking about being together in this because we because we all knew each other there, that's why. So I psychically could pick up that there was a lot of sexual energy going on towards the men and the women in the in the group and stuff. And I was thinking to myself, why? Not 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 in this group particularly, but why is nobody doing meditation? connected between man and woman so it was always sitting in my mind I hadn't met Steve then so I was like I don't understand why it becomes such a solitary path this meditation that's what would always be playing in my in my mind um and so in regards to you talking about guiding the man you know like we that we we probably have to guide the man um it's really interesting. I mean, I guess we don't even do anything. What moves through us is what activates him and what is transmitted to him. Now, it's hard to remember that when you come out of the bedroom and there's the same behaviours, um, if there are, because that frequency that we touch, this was some of the problems, the frequency that we touch can be so easily, like, crashed over again, you know, the, my nine-year-old runs in and um, afterwards and says, where's my breakfast, you know, and this kind of thing. And next thing you know, you're moving at a rate that you just, and you, it's, you're going from here to here to here to here. And I'm like, where was that beautiful frequency? No, 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 I'm not doing this. And because I'm one of these women who puts that ahead of anything, that's the only way. And so, therefore, I can't see how women will do it, especially if they haven't touched in that place where they're devoted to it. And and because she's almost, if she loses track of that, it's stuffed. <laughs> um, she's, the, she's the guiding point to that. And so... That's what I mean. If men, if women are busy keeping a really busy in their day, and they haven't been able to go back to that as a reference point, yeah, the family's in trouble in some ways. <laughs> yeah, you know, for us, there's the elimination or healing of all shame in that space, and. Mm -hmm. I think our, our, what you guys are calling conventional sexuality is full of shame. Mm -hmm. And, and to be able to be authentically in, in a space of love, unconditional love, acceptance, and spirituality is, that's the highest form of, you know, connection we can possibly have with, with another human being and with God on this planet. It is a space that we call the inner sanctum, which is this potential for every couple that they can create, right? And this is, it's only reserved, that space is only reserved for the couple. And 
and for God, God as they as they know it to be, right? And and so that takes a lot of work, you know, in helping couples and guiding them and coaching them. That's that's really what we're working on is helping them create that that safe space, that inner sanctum, where you have another human being that you can share all of yourself, right? Not the good parts, but that the, as Carl Jung said, the shadow side, the shadow self, you know, and feel and be accepted, right? You talked about the um, the time, right? And I, I always, you know, and we we actually interviewed another couple that is very much in this space, and they would say, you know, the guy is like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, start ground zero orgasm done in a very short space of time. Yeah. And they said, women are more like <laughs> this to get up there, you know, just slow. And, you know, and for me, like, even if you go get a massage, it's going to take some time for your brain to, to start producing those relaxing chemicals and get out of thinking about the mundane life. You, you can't, as a woman, just dive in and have an orgasm unless it's a sledgehammer type right where you're you're using other things to kind of get you get you there which is not loving at all you know it's it's almost abusive i i feel and um and i think that that's an interesting thing and are you familiar with kali kali yeah yeah the, the goddess the hindu oh, goddess. yeah, yeah, yeah of, the, of rage kali Yep. And yeah, she, okay. yeah, she's yeah. holding a man's head in her hand. Yeah. And if you see the original sculpture, the man's body is on the ground with an erection yeah. with a severed head. And it means that, that he's holding a space that she's free and he needs nothing. And she's free to fully be what, she needs to be and that's how both of them get there and it's very much sounds like what you guys are talking about yeah absolutely and i wrote a post actually about the fact that women are supposed to be cooler in sex so i'm i'm bringing in this i've got a lot of i sort of start where we are and i know god hasn't made a mistake so um i i write a lot about that exactly the way our systems work are 100 the woman's not supposed to be excited nor stimulated nor even warmed up i found that i had a lot of presence i had to keep the presence when we're when we're making love not um for a bit to, to get us to a certain point once we'd walked through the coolness of the sexuality like once we've walked through the fire of the sexuality sorry the fire of the sexuality that threatened to engulf us so rather than us be able to um yeah let go of our personality so there's two there's two parts of us that have that make love it can either be the personality or it can be our god essence and I noticed that there are places where a woman has to be very precisely honed into how that could be overtaken, how that could overtake both of them. Once that's passed through, she can she'll psychically relax 
there'll actually be a place in her body where she will know now the man's passed through his temptation. He's worked out that where they're going is far more beautiful than anything he had planned and she will completely open in level on a level she isn't capable of, of knowing is inside of her it very much sounds like healing original sin because in original sin what's the first thing adam says she made me do it <laughs> yeah and and that's that i think is still the biggest struggle and journey human beings have on this planet yeah and i and for me, a lot of rage has come up. I will be really a lot of rage. I haven't been as as since we've made since we've made love and even before actually being on this journey, the level to which I have felt <laughs> the the inner female abuse um, is profound. And I try to put it in my writing, but there are times where it where it can, you know, really come up for me. And that's another thing that women need to understand and, and men do as well. It's coming from, yeah, ancestral mm -hmm. healing. And, and it's expected, right? Th this journey is, is not without pain. And so, you know, when you are stirring the pot, all of this, this pain and, and past wounds come to the surface. And we use the analogy of an iceberg, you know, that 15% above the water, 85% under the water. And when a couple goes through this journey of bonding and creating that inner sanctum, that is when a lot of that 85% of history is now coming to the surface. And most couples, they don't know what to do with that. Right. And so that's why a lot of, you know, being the boomer generation, a lot of them are getting divorced because all of that pain, everything is coming to the surface now. And and, and they don't know how to heal it, right? Because that's the potential of being able to heal that in each other. Yes, and they also don't have the inner sanctum, though, to visit. So they haven't actually met right. the essence of each other. So they're only really meeting the personality fighting and the personality um, way of being in the world. They haven't even gone to the layers of the God essence, which has more potential to keep people together because they're going into a sanctum like you're saying they're going into a sanctuary when things get tough go there that's what i say even individually go there together go there get yourself there <laughs> you know and, and one of the the worst things that parents can do to their children is get into their child's inner sanctum and that will destroy them from being in relationship for the rest of their lives i, I would say that's mm -hmm. possibly more damaging than even sexual abuse on a physical level well or bringing your child into your inner sanctum you know many parents are still co-sleeping with their children and you know they're not they're not respecting the marital bed and and allowing for that bond between the couple you know and so that that is it prevents that creation of that bond absolutely and, and it's been it's been very we've had to see that it's been very difficult because I haven't had my daughter for two and a half years and she's come back with different patterns than yeah mm -hmm. you know because she lived in Norway and um, it's an interesting journey to keep the union primary. I must say I've struggled very hard with that this year and mm -hmm. that's been some of the greatest stresses um, that because we had the still point lovemaking completely 
it, it just it was really flowing beautifully. And I think God said, okay, well, because you're helping couples and things like that and you're presenting yourselves as understanding this, you know, not in that, but, you know, we're going to make sure that more stuff comes up for you because this is going to be your gold, your wealth, you know, your, <laughs> your deep enrichment. <laughs> and uh, that's been very, very interesting. Um, and and that's how you if you live it then you can really teach it because right. everyone's that's got right. kids and you know we're empty nesters for about six years it's lovely so when, when we're working with a couple ray works with the men and i work with the women and then the four of us come back together and there are certain things that you know it's part of that part of the journey that we work on as well do you guys do the same yeah we we find that predominantly we're working more with women at the moment because the the body-based advocacy that we have uh, does appeal more to women. And what we're finding is as, uh, as a, a woman in a partnership honours that inside of herself, there's a magnetic um, pull that occurs. And then that's when the man may choose to come on board. So that's the, that's the typical pattern. Not that we preference that, but we found just in Esther... Uh, being the more prolific one in posting and writing and being able to articulate the mechanics of this inner this inner journey that we have more of a, a, a women response but ironically enough when we have a look at the analytics behind who looks at her posts i think yeah, it's actually men. it's actually more men <laughs> so there's this kind of watching from a distance watching from the sideline in the shadows because what Esther talks about calls out a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of things that that block connection. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I do say a lot of things such as like, I feel like men really um, have the mother wound, but on a deeper level, they were given their mother through the body, they're able to touch, they're sensual. At the time when they're um, teenagers, they're actually told you can't use your mother's body anymore like that. And then they're shown sexual um, images of the woman. All of a sudden, they rupture. They're just okay. This woman is no longer your sanct, your sent, you know, your sensual, tangible connection to yourself and your ground. She's a sexual object. And then you start the masturbation because um, there's a rage in that too. So they go into a shameful, um, hidden, shadow place and masturbate prolifically also because they're angry at how much has been robbed of them now they no longer have that 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 centerpiece that that visceral sense of being held and i, I think i think that's because they're abandoned they're abandoned mm -hmm. and and then they go to look for the women to to help with the abandonment and that that can't happen mm -hmm. because yeah she's his lover Mm -hmm. and she also needs to take care of her own self in order to guide them to the garden because she needs to stay in a state of receiving as well as guiding. And as soon as she moves out too far, she's exhausted and there will be nothing to take them in. This has been a really great conversation. Mm -hmm. So we always like really to end our podcast with this question. What is it that your partner does that you know they love you? 
Oh, I'd have to say just the fact that Steve took this journey on, you know, that he don't this, especially going still inside. Um, I, that, that to me is the ultimate. Me experiencing a man the closest possible to God, I don't, I don't think that there's anything else for me. The still point of making, without a doubt. And for me, I'm a big fan of uh, of physical touch of affection. So, um, a you know a slide across the shoulders when I'm sitting down in the kitchen as Esther walks past, or um, a uh, you know a, a connection um, from eye contact to then uh, a physical hug is uh, yeah is beautiful for me. That's awesome. So, Stephen Esther, how can our audience know more about what you guys do, know more about you? What, where can they go? We, as, as you guys would know, this, this message is, is not for everybody, the sacredness of, of lovemaking and relationships. So we actually have a private Facebook group. It's free to join. Uh, it's, if, if people just look up sacred lovemaking unveiled, uh, three words, on Facebook, they'll find ours. And they can request to join. We've just we've got a couple of upfront questions that we ask people to sincerely consider um, answering when uh, when joining, and uh, and yeah, that's how they can um, keep in touch with us. Yeah, I write a lot of posts um, about this information on an intricate level that I don't see a lot of people write. Um, so they can look at my posts on my page if they're interested in working with us. Um, it would be sending us a message and um, us. We, we work very intuitive with, with couples and people um, and because we like to know where they are and it's, it's, it's such a, yeah, personal, uniquely tailored journey of where they are. Yeah. So we meet the person exactly where they are. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, it was very nice meeting you, Stephen and Esther. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. This has been very lovely. Yeah, thank you yeah, so much yeah. for having us. I want to thank all of you for joining us on Couple Synergy today. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. You know, sharing stories is a way that human beings have been bonding, healing, and growing since the beginning of time. We hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, which is coming up this April, April 20th to the 23rd, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.